Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 28 and this week I want to talk about being a new manager. Um, And you know what, I'm going to put that in quotes because being a new manager could be, you know, your first 90 days, it could be your first 180 days, which I'm going to talk a lot about, Um, but it could also be your first year. I, I just feel like your first year in anything is really almost like, you know, you're still a noob, whether you're new in an organization, new in a role, new in a position. I just think the learning curve these days, it just takes that long to understand the organizational dynamics, the culture, um, your job, and um, things are just in sh- a constant flux and shifting. So, um, but I want to talk about that because I just feel like there's this massive gap that's happening and it's just starting to irritate me. So I'm going to call some things out here and um, I just, I want you to just check out these facts because I just think that being a new leader is such an important thing that we should really cherish it. And I think sometimes when I look at the statistics, which blew my mind, I'm realizing that we're not. So, so think about this. Do you know that 2 million here in the United States, 2 million people each year become new managers? Like that blew my mind when I saw that stat. 2 million people are either moving into a management role for the first time or they're moving into a different role. So that's a ton of people inside your workforce. And now consider this for those 2 million people, 47% of them, so almost half, don't get any training. So you've got these new managers out there and they're expected to learn as they go and build as they go. It's like building the plane while you're like flying in it or building the bike while you're riding in it. That's that's crazy. So half of them don't get any training. And if you're that half, you know what I'm talking about. But there's some impact here. So 60% of them, six zero, they're going to underperform. So without the training or mentorship, these teams that have new managers, they end up seeing higher performance gaps and, and maybe bigger employee turnover. So you've got new managers who aren't given what they need. Then they get set up and then teams struggle. And um, the data shows that 70%, and that blew my mind, 70% lack the attributes to be able to truly do the job. So this is a big deal because think about this. Your experiences, especially in your first year management, they shape your leadership style for the rest of your career. Like that, it makes a massive imprint in how you're going to operate. So this is just blowing my mind. We've got all these new managers. They're not getting training. They're not having a great uh, first year experience. They've got to build the bike while they're riding it. Their teams are struggling and they spend a good 40% of their time, which I think is true for most managers, um, fighting fires. So all of their time, attention, energy that should be spent growing or thinking strategically is spent dealing with crisis and unplanned work. And I think it's just, that's just a recipe. It's a recipe for disaster. Okay, no. So get this. So we're talking about this this recipe for disaster. Two million people leave their jobs each month. So think about that. Each year, each year we have two million new managers, and that's you know based on some data that's out there. Two million people are leaving their jobs each month. And think about the reasons why here. And again, these stats blew my mind. Forty four percent. Now this includes staff and managers because every manager every everyone has a boss right like that's how it works 44 percent so almost half of the workforce that leave their jobs they're leaving because they don't feel like um, they've got balance they feel overworked so you've got this 
increasing number of people that are starting to feel overworked and burned out. 75% they say they don't feel valued. That you know they don't they don't feel like um, their their boss um, values, cares for us, or appreciates them. That's huge. Like I think that's one of the biggest reasons. Seventy five percent they're not leaving because they hate their job necessarily. They don't feel cared for. Like that's that's like whoa. That's huge. Two million people leave their job each month, which, which I talked about. And the biggest reason they reported it, if you were to chart this out, was due to poor leadership, lack of trust in leadership, um, or no recognition. And I think that that starts to speak again to like what we're asking people to do, especially as we talk about like new managers and what they're get, getting set up to try to, to, to create for teams um, and, and get this. And like I could connect, by the way, I could connect to all of these at a certain point in time. 32% of people are actively looking for new work at any given moment. So a third of your workforce uh, is actively out there looking. And you know that this like makes some sense, right? Like anytime somebody leaves a team, it kind of creates these waves. And even if folks aren't going to leave, it kind of creates the, wait, somebody else is moving on because things sucked. How bad do things suck here? Or somebody moved on because they found something better. Could I find something better? So people are actively looking. A lot of folks are leaving because they don't feel valued. People are already feeling overworked. That's, that's just the makings of, um, really bad business over and over and over again. And I think this is really important to understand because, you know, the heart of today's episode is really just talking about what it what it means to create a different kind of experience for new managers and new leaders because I, I really believe that managers in particular, so, and I'm going to put managers like, well, let's speak about them broadly. Leads, supervisor, supervisors, coordinators, managers, directors, you know, they all kind of fit inside of that management spectrum. Uh, I'm not talking about executives unless, you know, you're a really small business and the gap between you and your people are, are small. I'm really talking about management and they're the heart of your organization. They're the ones that are really the, the teachers and transmitters of culture, whether or not that culture is on purpose or not. And think about that. If you're a new manager, think about what you've been asked to do. Like we get asked to drive a team's culture. We get asked to build this like incredible engagement. We get asked to translate strategic vision and goals into priorities. We, we get asked to develop future leaders. We get asked to, you know, empower our team to produce these great results. Um, we get asked to, you know, be super high functioning and, and, and be self-directed and high performing. Um, and I think we want that for ourselves. Like I think a lot of folks who say yes to leadership, um, Maybe it's not always that that salient, that clear, but they're saying yes to you know some some form of what I just explained here. But then you think about like the struggles that a lot of leaders have. They struggle with poor morale, poor team morale. They struggle with um, some turnover. They struggle with poor performers and poor performance. They struggle with you know resistant team cultures. They struggle with um, a lack of accountability uh, from their team, and they or maybe even like not their team, but they struggle because there there's cross team um, accountability issues. So their team feels like, well, why should we even try? We're not getting good work coming into you know our space. Um, and, and they're struggling with dysfunction, they're struggling with silos, they're struggling with underperformance. And all of these things are, you know, sitting at the heart of the very layer that we're asking to build our organizations, which is just a trip to me. And then, so, so here's the, I, the whole thing is just like, it's wacko to me. So we've got all these new managers who aren't getting what they need, who are now building really bad habits, leading teams that are feeling overworked, that are feeling uncared and unloved for, that are leaving, that are actively looking for jobs. Um, and we're asking these folks to create like this dynamic experience. Um, and then 
the training out there. So then I started to look at like what kind of training is out there because I was really thinking about like what did I get? And when you take a look at the field of management training as a whole, the massive amount of focus that um, the industry places on is really around three things. It's around team building, around team facilitation, and around self-awareness. And um, and those are those are really good things. I, I think that like anybody who runs a team needs to know how to facilitate. Like I've found that when people are really good group facilitators, like maybe they have teaching or facilitation experience, they tend to do fairly well with teams. Or um, if they know how to do um, you know team dynamic work, they know how to team build. Um, or if they've been in situations where they've been reflective and they have high emotional intelligence, that self-awareness is huge. So don't get me wrong. I think those things are really important, um, but it's fascinating. So when I say team building, we're talking about building trust and feedback. So getting and giving feedback, um, be, being an influencer, motivating folks. Facilitation is like coaching, facilitating meetings, dealing with conflict. Self-awareness might be like um, understanding, you know, again, emotional intelligence and being reflective about yourself, understanding situational leadership. All of those things matter, but I think they might be missing the point. And the reason I say that, especially because I'm thinking about a new manager, um, it comes at you fast. And one of the things that I always teach over and over again, and I got to this because my experience tells me this, like I have personal data that helps inform my um, conclusion around this. And then the time I've spent with leaders over the last 15 years, the biggest impact on your performance isn't necessarily your people. It's your processes. And as a manager, the question is, what are your processes to manage your people? And oftentimes we don't have that. Like, it's weird to me. You know, coaches have game plan. Can you imagine a coach being asked to go out and, you know, win a ball game or have a fantastic season without having a game plan? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. That would be weird. If all you gave that coach was conflict resolution and, and motivational training, like, that just wouldn't be enough. Or, like, teachers, they have lesson plans. Could you imagine throwing a teacher in to a classroom, like, Hello, can you imagine hopping into a seventh grade classroom with all of that crazy energy and those hormones and like everybody's just off the wall, you know, hats off to, you know, the middle school teachers out there. No lesson plan. Just like, hey, by the way, you know, I really want to teach you about how to be an influencer in this classroom and maybe deal with some conflict and decision making. Like you would be killed. <laughs> I mean, you would be like run out of that school. So you got coaches with game plans, teachers with lesson plans. But I just think about like the two biggest groups that like I've been a part of, managers and parents, <laughs> there's no playbook, you know? I mean, there's like, there's great literature out there, but there's no playbook for how do you be a parent? You kind of get thrown into it. I, and I love how nobody really tells you what it's going to be like. They're like, oh, it's it's awesome. Um, but then really they're like, you're screwed. Um, and the same is true with, I think, management. I, unless you inherit a team that's already performing exceptionally, and then with any luck, you've got an exceptional mentor or with even greater luck, there are some systems in place that you can jump in and begin to like leverage, you're in trouble. And I think the stats that I just read to you like show that we're in a ton of trouble. And so that's that's what I want to undo. That's what I want to talk about today because um, we've just been, I feel like managers have been set up um, and they've been set up to fail and they succeed, but not because of the structures that have been put in place, they succeed because of who they are and having to learn that. And there are some fantastic leaders out there. Um, and it's been amazing for me to understand what makes those great leaders work. Let me tell you about my first experience. I was 27 as a new manager. I was super excited about it. Like, 
I had spent a good six months advocating hard to try to get that position, and I was stoked when I got it. And at the time, I was loved by my team. You know, like we had all worked together for a good two years. Um, I loved um, who my boss was going to be. We had an incredible relationship. Um, still do today, by the way, um, despite the story I'm going to share with you. Uh, and let me just tell you about my first 90 days because I had no idea. Like I had no idea what I was saying yes to. So in my first 90 days, actually within my first week, I had one of my team members quit. And they quit because they didn't want to work for somebody who was younger than them. They just and they were I appreciated their honesty at the time you know she said you know what it's just weird to me I just don't feel like you know more than me I didn't apply for the position but it's really hard for me to stomach that you would actually be able to lead this team and she left like ouch I just it's hard sometimes to be able to deal with that like I you know today I'd probably tell my younger self hey you know what don't worry about it yeah 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 and it's hard especially as a new manager because I was like full of confidence and that was my first blow And within my first week, I had a partner agency call me up yelling at me, somebody who I had an incredible amount of respect for, but this person was just laying out some facts that I had no idea was happening in terms of our performance, and they were pretty much asking me to fire another one of my staff people because that particular person wasn't living up to the required um, service level that we had agreed upon. So now I've got somebody who quits. Now I'm getting yelled at and trying to maintain a really important relationship. Um, now I've got to go and have a conversation with that staff person who was, who was my friend, who was my peer, who now I've got a different power relationship to, um, whether I like it or not, and having to talk through and ask, but also you know lay out an expectation for something different. So now I'm beginning to create a new dynamic where I'm not everybody's friend anymore. I am not even their leader necessarily. Um, I'm the guy who's laying down the stick, so to speak. I didn't know how to have that conversation. Um, I don't know if I did it poorly. I don't know if I could have done it any better. Um, that was a tough one because I was trying to figure out and navigate what my partner needed, what our performance needed to be, and um, you know how to support my particular friend and staff person who I knew was going through some stuff as well. Right, So I was trying to figure all that out. So now I'm down a person as well because my, you know, one, one person had quit on me. And so now I've got to do a new hire, which is fascinating. It's fascinating because uh, I don't know how to do that yet. So now I've got to learn the process of how to hire somebody. And I mean the legal process that this organization goes through as well as how do you set up interview questions? What are good interview questions? I don't really know. I don't really um, – I haven't even gone through the process of assessing what are the skill sets of my team? Um, what is it that we need? Where are we headed? What do, what do I actually need to be doing? Um, how do I assess if someone's actually like telling me the truth? By the way, I hate hiring people. Um, I suck at it. I've, I've been doing it for like 12 years. I've sat in so many interviews. I feel like I got way better at it, but at the end of the day, it's not my strength. Um, it's still not. Um, and on top of that, I'm a new manager, and because this person's gone and my team is down somebody, I am now filling some of their gaps, and I'm asking some of my team to fill those gaps. So now everybody's super, you know, um, the opposite of stoked with me <laughs> uh, because, you know, we're down somebody. Um, which is funky. I'm laying out expectations. Um, and now it looks like me versus them. Um, I'm asking them to fill in and help out where we've got a, you know, gap. Um, I'm having to fill out more. Um, I've got a ton of fires. So now I'm, I'm, um, I'm hiring. I make my hire. I'm pretty excited about it. I had a number of folks who helped me in that hiring process. 
two weeks, I think it was 15 days, two weeks after hiring this person, I catch wind that they're selling marijuana, they're selling weed um, and using their new position as a way to get access to customers. So now I've got that, like, I, you know, I, I'm, this is like 2002. So now I'm netscaping, I'm web crawling. I'm asking Jeeves, you know, like, how do you deal with that? Like that didn't really pop up on the internet yet. Like how you deal with that playbook. Um, my organization's a little bit nervous about trying to take action because unless they've been caught on camera, how do they begin to approach us? I'm like, are you kidding me? So now I've got to figure out how to have this conversation and how to navigate this in a particular way. Now, great. I get to learn how to fire somebody, both from an HR perspective, but also how do you have this conversation? Um, of course, this person 100% denies that this is happening. So now my team is like really scratching their head and trying to figure out what's going on and how well I know what I'm doing. All the while, in my first 90 days, in this first quarter, our numbers take a massive dive. So we're not where we need to be. And again, you know, I'm feeling the heat not only from my boss as to whether or not I can do my job, but whether or not we're really serving our customers well. My my partner agency still thinks that like this particular person, this staff person needs to go. The numbers are starting to show something different. And, you know, to top it all off, every single Friday, just about at 4.30 or 4.45, an emergency pops off. And of course, I'm about the only person in the office that's still there who's doing some work to catch up because I'm filling all these gaps and everyone's taking off for the weekend. And now I've got to deal with that emergency, which is awesome, right? So, my first 90 days was like way stellar, I thought. And I bet you there's a bunch of horror stories you all have. Now, meanwhile, I ask, you know, is there any kind of training I can get? So they send me to a one-day training. And in that training, and it's one day, I learn about budgets, which is which is great. I needed some help with that. I learned about personal performance plans. Um, I learned that, you know what, you're not anybody's friend anymore. You're their boss, um, you know, and what that looks like. That was a trip for me. I mean, I was 27. I was a young professional. I was a Gen Yer at the time. Um, you know, on the cusp of Gen X, Gen Y, uh, and there are all sorts of books out there about how to manage somebody like me, but there was nothing out there for me how to manage and lead in, you know, um, a baby boomer world like that just didn't live for me. Um, and of course I, I learned how to delegate, but here's the problem. A lot of what I learned wasn't a fit for my situation. And I got out of that day and there wasn't any time for me now to implement it. There wasn't any coaching for me to get to make this work. And you know what? My boss was, my boss was awesome. She was, she was, I couldn't have asked for a better boss, but she had a limit to what she could do, you know? And so one could argue, you know what? Maybe she made a bad hire. Maybe she needed somebody to come in with more experience. But I also know that that's a trap uh, because they had somebody before me who had more experience and that person struggled. And so the real question became this vague cloud around like, um, is it that they just didn't have the right person to lead this team that had the right skill set and qualification? Or could it be something different? And I think this is really important because I burned out. Uh, you know, I tend not to run, but I ran. Like, I remember I, I actually left that job before one year was up. Like, that's how bad it got for me. Um, my relationships had been pretty much destroyed. Uh, my team was not performing. I struggled. I, my whole sense of self had been like crushed. I know some people listening are like, what really? Other folks might be listening and be like, geez, you know, like suck it up. Um, but that's where I was at that point in time. Like I knew I could do it and I didn't. And, um, I actually end up 
taking about two months off and then took another leadership position, um, one that I think was a better fit. I learned a lot from that. I, I took that into my next leadership position and I set myself in a, in a very different way. And, you know, we're not going to tell that story. That was a two-year um, leadership position that um, we broke records. Like we just, we killed it. We had an incredible amount of um, fun, had great performance, but I had to learn the hard way. And I just don't think it had to be that way. Um, and I don't know that everyone's got my exact same story, uh, but I know that folks struggle out there and you know what, like being a manager, it's, it's going to come at you fast, no matter what, like there's no way you can really slow it down and it's not going to change. But I do think that things can be different. It's funny because, you know, as a new parent, we ended up doing this PEPS group. I forget what PEPS stand for. I think a lot of people know PEP. S, but um, it's a parenting support group and a bunch of you know parents who have you know newborns at around the same age. Um, and I thought it was killer because it wasn't like a classic you know like therapeutic support group. It was you know what we've all got a similar experience. We all are new parents or have newborns in the house, um, and we've all got some similar you know stuff that comes up for us. Like how do we stay you know connected as spouses, or how do we deal with nighttime issues, or you know, what are some of the milestones? What are the funny things that happen? Or, you know, um, how do we deal with other friends who are now, especially as young parents, who uh, it gets confusing as a young parent because you've got like other friends who are like, what's up with like Chris and Nancy? They never come out anymore. And then you're like, geez, no one ever comes our way anymore um, because there's this isolation that happens because being a new parent is just intensive, right? Like it's not intense, but it's just, it's labor intensive. It, that's just what's required to, you know, develop a new human being. And, um, and I feel like just, Going through like the management experience, it was like, I don't know that I needed a support group um, or a group out there. Like I, I would have loved it. Um, eventually I found something similar like a, a, you know, a young professional network, but um, there's something else that I needed on top of that because um, you know, I wasn't dealing with new employees that I could shape. Um, I'm, I was, it, it would be like jumping into parenting and parenting like you know, 16-year-old teens like, oh no. They had it figured out and now you had to figure out how to like create something within, you know, the the years of experience and knowledge and skill that's already there. So it's just different. And so I, I have a take and that's why, um, you know, I, I really believe that when I look at those stats, I think that something's missing. And here's what I find is missing because here's what made the difference for me. And when I when I really take a hard look at what we've done, what I've done, the work I've done with other leaders and managers, this is seems to be the difference maker. Because again, like I don't think it was just about me being better with people. I think it was I didn't always have the process I needed. Now, some of what I shared, there is no process for. Like there is no process for how do you deal with somebody who's selling weed to your customers. Like that's <laughs> or how do you deal with not having enough staff? Like that's just a gap, you know, that you muscled through. But I, I, I think that there are some things that would have made a difference for me, um, for sure. Because, you know, what I just shared are a bunch of events, but there was my day-to-day. And I didn't know how to set up my day-to-day. I did it the classic way. I did it the hard way. I set up my one-on-ones. You know, I, I did my walk-arounds. Um, but I, I, even though I knew that as a manager, my success was based on my ability to get results through people, um, not necessarily me to get the result, I, um, I didn't necessarily know how to set that experience up to make that happen and to make that, you know, exceed every single day. So these are the four things I think every new manager deserves. Their, their first 90 days, their first 180 days. One is I really think they need a system and structure to drive their culture. Like it would have made a huge. So the reason I say this is because when I went into my next position, these things 
made the biggest difference for me. And ever since then, as I coach leaders, these things have made the biggest difference for them um, and for my ability to be seen as a, a strong um, coach or consultant. I think your ability to assess your current team culture and then design the one that you want is huge. And I think that there's a different game you have to play if you're being promoted from within as opposed to coming into a team. Like that's that like that's a dynamic that must be addressed. But even just having a way to assess it and then declare it and define it um, and design it, I think is it's missing. Like I, I didn't know that you needed to do that or how to do that. So that was um, the first thing. I was basically at the mercy of the team culture that I was a part of before, um, and it just swallowed me up. And so that was new for me. Two is I really think that every single new manager um, needs to have some system or structure to manage the day-to-day. Uh, and I know it sounds obvious, but I don't think people do. I think their go-tos are um, maybe a, you know, a check-in with teams. Maybe there are one-on-one meetings. Maybe there's a staff meeting. Um, but you need to have some kind of daily experience, a daily experience to make sure that if there's a team pain, you know how to be able to deal with that. So there has to be a structure so that it's dealing with um, making sure that there's continuous alignment. Like what is our alignment around our schedule? What's our alignment around our priority? What's our alignment around um, where we've got gaps in performance? What's Where's our alignment around what our um, What's the direction for the day? What's our alignment around some of the issues that popped up in our plan to deal with that? Like there has to be a system and structure that does this that includes you know, I would like make this like 80 font if you were right, if you were reading this, like this would be like 102 font, which includes your ability to drive culture. And I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have like, for example, a, a daily standup where we took a look and visualized our work and understood what is it that we were going to do today to move people forward? Um, and how are we performing today um, in relationship to the end of the week, in relationship to the end of the month, in relationship to our quarterly goals? Like, I just didn't know how to do that. Um, so then the third thing I really needed that I didn't have is some kind of system to manage my performance um, and our growth projects. So what is it that we're doing to get ready for, you know, um, some of the things that we're being asked to do related to the strategic plan um, or knowing that the need was growing in our area to provide more service, getting ready to be able to, you know, build our capacity to do that. Like we just, we didn't, we didn't look at it. Um, We looked at numbers, everybody looked at numbers, but we really didn't understand like why things were moving forward and why they weren't. Um, And I didn't have a good system to be able to walk my team through how to do that. And then the last thing is I think that every single new manager needs to have a system for personal effectiveness. And by that, I mean um, having a way to be able to really clarify what are my personal, like my professional, my personal goals um, for like the the next six months or the year. Like, am I really clear what my goals are uh, for my growth and then what the goals are for my team and their growth? Um, I didn't have those. And that's a lot. Because all of that is existing within the context of everything I just told you that's coming at you. Like you've got your own version of people quitting, people, you know, selling weed, um, people having to be fired, um, partners yelling at you, numbers diving, like all of that, up the 4.30 p.m., the 5.30 p.m. on Friday night emergencies that blow up, like everybody's got that. Um, that's not going to stop. That's going to come at you. And so the reason I say that these four things are so important is because because they're coming at you, you need to be really clear. Not that it's easy, 
not that it can be done overnight, but you need to know like what's the culture that you're trying to create. Otherwise, all you're doing is complaining about what you don't have. Um, you need to have a system to manage the day to day, like every single day. You need to have a way to continuously align the team around you know where they're experiencing the pains and obstacles, and do it in a way that drives because you've got a system and structure to be able to bring people together to have a similar experience. Drive the culture that you want. You need to be able to have a way um, to begin to manage your performance. Um, not human performance, like in the sense that like, oh, you're acting poorly, but like, um, what are our goals and targets? Like you need to have a way to look at that more frequently than once a month or every staff meeting. Um, and more, um, in a, in a more thorough way than saying, these are our numbers, what's getting in your way. We need to be able to really understand, um, you know, what's our outcome that we're shooting for. And then what are the lead measures? What are the, what are the metrics that I know that I can push every single week that I have influence over? And then last but not least, you really do deserve to know, like, how am I designed to grow? Like I'm a brand new manager. Um, I'm a brand new leader. What is, what are the one to three goals I have set up for myself and my growth? Like personally, like these are my, these are my projects to either build this team or build my, you know, leadership. And have I designed a way to make sure that I've asked each employee what their one to two or three goals at the most? I, I would say one to two. Goals are for them, for their professional development, whether I think I know what it is or whether they're going to tell me for this first year. Um, all of those things are really important because those are the things that help you counteract everything that I said is going to come at you. Because if you haven't prioritized that direction and you haven't prioritized those activities, then your activities are going to prioritize you. And that's what happens over and over again. So when I think about like what the thought for the day is, that's the thought. That's the revolution that we're after is giving managers, giving management a different experience, the kind of experience where they're developed. I don't really care to change the training statistic around like the number of people trained. I want to get more managers um, in a position to create results. And I don't know that it has to be training, but I do think that there's a different kind of leadership mentorship. And I think that's really what like um, me and my organization is about. And I just believe that that's going to make a difference for folks. So um you know, if you're in your, if you're thinking about heading into a leadership position, um, if you're in your first year, like I really want you to assess whether or not those four things are present for you. Do you have a way to assess your culture? Um, and have you declared the one that you want? Have you declared how people would behave? Do you have a system to manage the day to day? Do you have a system to manage your performance? And do you have a system to uh, manage your personal effectiveness? If you're missing any one of those, you get swallowed up. Um, if you have those, the question is how effective are those systems? How well are they working for you? So, um, and it sounds like a lot, but it's, I, I, that's what I, what I think is important to make sure I, I end here and conveying is those things aren't things that you can go to a training, um, or you can't just like, you can't go to a training and then come back and apply. You can't go read a book and apply it. Those are things that somebody has to build with you. So then you can lead inside of, you can lead more effectively and deal with like conflict inside of those systems. You can deal with decision-making and grow about how to, how to get and give, um, give feedback more effectively inside of those structures. Without it, um, all of the people skills are basically just left for you to um, try to um, deal with um, one at a time, like all the one-offs. You're just kind of like playing whack-a-mole. And instead, what you want is to have a solid foundation for how you're going to manage all of the work that there is to do so that you can lead on top of that management structure. Does that make sense? So that's that's my thought. That's, that's my thought because... Um, I really believe that all of us are out there trying to make a difference and I would not like you to spend the rest of, you know, your career just making it work. 
um, that's my that's my wish for you guys. So I thank you guys so much for this week's podcast. I'm excited to just keep sharing some of my experiences. Um, would love to hear some of yours, and I'll catch up with you guys next week.